Praise the Lord. Well, I guess it's about that time. One fifteen. Everybody's got a full stomach now. <laughs> uh, some of us are wiser than others. I got a full stomach. I fill up at at the noon meal because I'm trying to cut back on that lice meal because if I eat three meals a day, boy, I just swell. <laughs> uh, me me personally, but it sure is good to see faithful um, prayer team members. Um, you know, I believe God is calling out uh, prayer warriors. It's, I had one guy say, well, maybe don't call me a prayer warrior. I'm not that level yet, but hey, listen, we all are called to be there. And, and you, even if you're praying silently between you and God, you can be, you can be a, on a prayer team, prayer warrior and everything. I was trying to, I was praying about what would be good to, to uh, visit about in, today. And um, I think probably the most important thing is that we pray. You know, we can talk a lot about prayer, but if we're not spending time praying, then, uh, then we're really not accomplishing anything. And uh, um, I visited with Elder Leslie Louis about this, and, you know, um, he, he agrees, you know, that, that uh, sometimes we, we spend more time in prayer meeting doing everything but prayer, you know, and we do need to pray more than what we do because there, there is power in prayer. In Luke chapter 11, in verse uh, 1 and 2, the, the Bible paints a picture of the disciples had walked up on Jesus one day. And um, they said, out of all the things that they could ask Jesus, you know, they, they, didn't, they could have asked him, teach us how to heal people, teach us how to preach, you know, uh, teach us how to do this, some miracles. And, but what did they ask Jesus to teach them to do? Pray, pray. Because they knew that Jesus, that that's where he got his power from. There was something about his relationship with his father that they knew that that's where he received all his instruction and all his power from. And I think that that should be a lesson for us too, uh, that, that, that we do that. You know, I, I would imagine probably at the time that, that, um, that Jesus come 2,000 years ago, the disciples, most prayers that the disciples heard were probably a lot of vain repetition. They were probably going over and over reciting the same things over and over, very formal, probably very dry prayers just over and over. But Jesus' prayers were different. Uh, Jesus' prayers were one like he was talking to his Father, uh, for one thing. Uh, and, and Jesus, we know, cried out to God, vehement, vehement cries, James 5, 6, you know, and we, we get a picture in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, how Jesus cried out. I mean, these weren't just, these were not ritualistic prayers. These were prayers from the heart, and they recognized something different, so they said, Lord, teach us how to pray like that. Teach us how to pray, and I think that's, that's, that's our greatest need, is, is how do we connect with God? I mean, we're given this, this precious privilege to pray. What an honor, the privilege we have to communicate with God. How can we do that? And I know that each one of you probably have your own experiences. Uh, in Mark chapter 135, you know, Jesus, we see Jesus paints a picture that, that, he, had a, that, in a, that in a, he had a solitary place. He, he rising up uh, long hours before daylight, he went out 
uh, and, and prayed. We know that he had, a, we had, he had a place to pray and he had a time to pray. Is, have any of you got a place, uh, a special, you know, that, that, that special prayer closet or maybe that spot in your home uh, that you go to, that's your go-to place in prayer? Can anybody relate to that? Yeah. Uh, I do too. I've got a special spot that I know that I can go to God in prayer. I, I, that, that special place that I know He hears my voice. Uh, I've shared a little bit of my testimony, and I'd like to share, I'm going to share a little story, and then I'll have prayer about uh, me in my, my special spot. I've got a special spot, and my special spot is on the side of my bed. That's where my special, and I get on my knees on the side of my bed. And, uh, you know, I haven't always been a pastor. At one time, I, I was living out in the world as much as you could live out in the world, and I had an alcohol problem. I drank, I drank every single day. And um, uh, praise God, I had a wife that, that not only prayed, but she fasted for me. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute. But um, she prayed and fasted for me. And, and I want you to know prayer and fast does work. But I, would, uh, I began studying the Bible, and, and, uh, and something started happening in my life. I found the more of my life that I filled with Jesus, the less that I needed these other things. The alcohol had a huge grip on my life, though, and what would happen is after a little while, I would begin drinking again uh, in the day. And once I started drinking, I just kept drinking until I went to bed. But what I began doing is I began rolling, I began waking up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and I would roll out of bed, and I'd get on my knees in my little special prayer spot. And, I, and my first prayers were, this is, this is quoting my first prayer, because, you know, I didn't know how to pray those real long, fancy prayers. Uh, and I want to just make a statement right here. God's not really, he, that really just don't, impress him as much as it does others that listens to us for 10 minutes when we're praying these real long prayers uh, a, a prayer from the heart means so much more to God he, he's, he's not really impressed with our long fancy fancy long long prayers he's more impressed with a, a prayer that comes straight from the heart and, and my prayer was Lord I'm in a rut please help me that was my prayer and God heard my prayer uh, and he gave me victory over the alcohol, but but so I know that that special place, that special time. I still a lot of mornings, two or three o'clock in the morning, roll out of bed and and get on my knees and pray. And I still, before I ever leave, uh, including before I come over here, I get beside my bed, wherever I'm at, wherever I'm at, and I pray because I know that's a special place. And and as I do that, what happens? Um, it puts me in tune with God. I think that's the best way I could describe it. You know, remember those old-fashioned radios where we would take the tuner in and we'd turn? We got digital now, but used to you'd have to tune your station in. I believe that when early in the morning when we seek God and we come to Him in prayer and our Bible study, uh, that as we go out during the day, we're more in tune with God's voice. We recognize that still, small voice of God easier. Uh, it's, it's easier to recognize His voice that way. So, you know, we get a lot of instructions like that. So teach us to pray, Lord. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, um, we come here because we want to have a closer 
intimate relationship with you. We want to grow. We don't want to stay where we're at, Lord. We want to grow closer to you. We want to, we want to know you because we know this is life eternal. You tell us that in John 17, verse 3. And, Lord, we know the, the best way to get to know you is by spending time with you. And, Lord, you've given us prayer as a means and a way to communicate with you. So, Lord, please teach us how to pray today, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I just want to share one little thing. I think this is very important um, about prayer and fast. Is that something that, that interests you, prayer and fast? You know, it's something that, 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 as far as I know, don't get talked a lot about in the pulpit uh, because, you know, it's a pretty deep subject. But I, I don't want to make it real deep here because I don't think anything relating to the gospel has got to be complicated. It can't be complicated. It's got to be simple. The gospel is simple and it's good news, isn't it? Uh, and so is prayer and fast. I know that prayer and fast works, first of all, because I'm a product of prayer and fast. Uh, my wife was wanting to, she had been wrestling with God about getting permission to leave me for a long time. Uh, we had been married for many years, and it just didn't look like I was ever going to change. Uh, and so she was getting really worn out uh, and, and frustrated with, with everything. And she was wrestling with God uh, one morning. Uh, about leaving me, just rash. You know, a lot of times we rationalize things. You know, we've got every right. Everybody was telling her that that she might as well leave me. She even had she even had a pastor uh, that that we were the, the church that we were going to. We were not Adventists, not that that would make any difference. But at that time, but um, we were not Adventists, and and he advised her just to leave because he's not going to change. And so she had a lot of reason, but there was something on the inside that was was holding her back, keeping her there. And God impressed upon her one morning, you cannot leave him because if you leave him, you will not have a testimony. And I praise God that she didn't leave me, Mark. I praise God that, that, that she made a decision to believe that God could do all the things that he says he can do, uh, that he is a God of fresh new starts and a God of new beginnings, and that the blood of Jesus covers all. And that, that they're the same power that raised Jesus Christ up from the grave can can raise up someone in a new life in Jesus Christ. I know that for sure. Uh, and it happened because of prayer. And it happened because of prayer and fasting. Uh, so uh, my wife made a decision to start praying and fasting for me. Uh, and, and so I want to share a little scripture with you that talks about prayer and fast. If you got your Bibles, you turn to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. And, um, and uh, let's pick up here. In verse 14, Mark chapter 9, verse 14. I've got a Bible right here. It should be one probably in front of your pew that might be a different translation, but it, that's okay. Um, sometime I put some of my L.A. accent in there in, in, in translation, don't I, Mark? Uh, and it, it, as long as we, we stay in line with the Word of God, we'll be okay. In, um, in verse 14, chapter 9 of Mark, Jesus had been on a, on a mountaintop experience, probably one of the high points in his ministry, and he comes down and he finds chaos, just complete chaos down in the valley. Uh, and, when his, he came, and when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude. Now picture this scene right here around them and the scribes disputing with them. Immediately, 
when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running up to him. I mean, you could just imagine here this scene as Jesus come walking up. And he said, what are you discussing here? And then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought my son uh, who has, has, has a mute spirit possessed. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at the teeth, and comes rigid. And so I talked to your disciples about this, uh, about casting this demon out. But they couldn't do anything. And he answered him says, Oh, faithless. Some translations say, Oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. So they brought him to him, and, and, uh, and, and uh, immediately uh, the spirit started doing his thing inside this young man. He started convulsing and falling on the ground and foaming at the mouth. I mean, this had to have been a crazy scene going on right here. Uh, he asked his father, how long has this been going on? Uh, and, and, and the dad says, since childhood this has been happening here to him. Uh, he's, uh, he throws himself into the fire and, and into the water. And, and if you can just do anything, I mean, you can just hear the, you know when you got a child or you can picture someone had a child that was, was going through something like this. And, and he says, oh, if you can do anything, Jesus, please help my son. Help him, please, dear Lord. And, and then notice what Jesus says in verse 23. Jesus said to him, if you, if you can what? Believe. All things are possible to him who believes. Wow. Immediately the father cried out and with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help me. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw the people and they come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit and says, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed greatly, and came out of him. Um, then, you know, the, the disciples, um, and when he come, you know, this probably really rattled the disciples. I mean, not very long before, they had been going around the countryside healing, right? Healing, casting out. Demons, they, they had all kind of power, you know. And so they come here, and, and they, had, they seem to have no power over this whatsoever, over this demon. So I'm sure that it was very frustrating for them, probably even embarrassing, you know, because I'm sure that the, that the religious order was having a heyday with this. You know, I said, yeah, yeah, sure you can do this. Sure you can. And so they come up to Jesus and says, what's up, Jesus? You know, why can't we cast him out? And Jesus says in verse 29, he said to them, This kind can come out nothing but by prayer and fasting. This kind. This kind. Was it this kind of demon possession? I mean, was it such a, such a complicated case of demon possession that you had to pray and fast? I mean, you know, what was it a lot worse than the, any of the other demon possessions that they had cast out before? Was that what it was? I don't believe so. Uh, if, if, you, if, you, if you go back and, and look in verse 19, we, we have the answer. O faithless, O unbelieving generation, how long? Unbelief. You know, what had happened is, is, is somehow 
through, and we have this, don't we? You know, st- sometime we're on the mountaintop. Everything's going great. Our faith is strong. We're rock solid with Jesus. And then, and then all of a sudden these fiery darts come, start coming at us from every different direction. And, and you go, oh my goodness, what's going on here? And all of a sudden, where goes your faith? Somehow, some way, the, the devil had, had, had got everybody so rattled and so fired up that all true, real faith in God had been lost that morning. That's right. And Jesus says, and so when Jesus says, and, and, and the dad got it quicker than anybody else. The dad got it quicker than anybody else because, you know, that Jesus, Jesus says, oh, you got it if you just believe. And, and the dad says, the dad got it even before the disciples. See, the disciples didn't even get it that day. It took them having to go back to the house. The dad says, the dad says, I believe, help my unbelief. See, what, what he needed and what the disciples needed to do, this kind of unbelief is what, is what needed the praying fasting. So, so I want to go back to my case here. It wasn't this kind of, it wasn't this kind of demon possession. You know, no, this kind of unbelief. Sometimes we've got to, if, if we're coming across a situation going on in our life and, and we think that it's bigger than God, we, we need to get on our knees and start praying and fasting because all things are possible with God. Can we say that? All things are possible with God. Your situation, your son, your daughter, your financial, your marriage, God, with God, all things are possible. All things. Sometimes we get ourselves in situations that we think, hey, you know, this is, this is a humanly impossible situation. I look back on, on our relationship now and the reason I'm here right now. When my wife began praying and fasting, she was wanting to leave me because she too was thinking I'd never change, but God was knocking on her heart still. The Holy Spirit was working in her to stick around. God was tucking on her heart as she prayed and fasted for me. As she prayed and fasted, as we see, when we pray and fast, it does not God's change God's mind. So, oh, all right, I'm going to start working in Mark's life now. No, what it does, it changes our heart. As we pray and fast, it, it opens up a huge communication uh, channel for God to work in, to pipe in, to pipe in uh, power, to pipe in faith. To pipe in His presence. Because we're turning the world off and turning God on. Right? So as Cindy, as Cindy prayed and fasted for me, something started happening in her life. And now, see, Cindy and I had been married for seven years. And, and let me tell you what. We got to where we could not stand each other. When somebody hates you, you can tell it. She could not stand me. I could not stand her. We didn't, I didn't like to come home because we fought so much. But as she started praying and fasting for me, that channel was opened up and God was able to do something incredible in her life that I'd never seen in anybody before. I never witnessed firsthand a a transformation in someone's character as I've seen in my wife. She changed. Her countenance changed. The way she treated me changed. Our conversations changed. I fell in love with her again. I realized I had something really, really special. I knew how I deserved to be treated, but she wasn't treating me like I deserved to be treated. She was treating me with compassion, with love, when I didn't deserve it. And I wanted what she had because I knew it was real. 
And she got to the point that she believed that God could work a miracle in my life. And He did. And He did. See, prayer and fasting does work. But it might not work in the same way we think it's supposed to work. We don't pray and fast necessarily for, for Joe to change. We pray and fast that, that, that God would do something so incredible in us that Joe would see something in us and want to be drawn to Jesus. That's the way prayer and fast works. So I've talked enough about prayer. I just want you to know that prayer works. Praying and fasting works. Yes, sister. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you. And I'll go ahead and add this quickly before we start praying. Then I promised I wouldn't talk so much, didn't I? But I was tr trying to build a platform here so when we start praying, we'll, we'll know that God hears our prayers. Praying and fast. You know, there's a lot of ways to pray and fast. Uh, traditionally, we think a prayer and fast is, is going without food and water for a certain amount of time. Uh, that's possible for some people. Some people it's not possible medically for. Uh, yeah, but I would like to suggest the main purpose for praying and fasting is to do exactly what my sister is talking about here, being able to turn the world off so that you can hear that still, small voice of God. Now, some people are so caught up and so busy in so many different things. A lot of people, you know, like to, to, to listen to the TV or radio all the time. Well, your prayer and fast could be a simple prayer and fast that you could do. You could do different degrees of prayer and fast. One suggested is you might turn the radio off. Start listening to the Bible on the way to work. You know, you, we've got our smartphones now and that you can listen to the Bible uh, on the way to work. You can do that. You can listen to... Uh, you can listen to to Christian uplifting music, you know, instead of listening to country and rock and roll. You can turn the TV off. You can, if you like soda pops, shut them off. If you like sweets, shut them off. You know, uh, do something, sacrifice, so that at least when you think about this, then you can send up a prayer. That's a simple, a simple fast. Now, you could go, you could go without, without uh, food, you know, for a day. You know, maybe, I, I, like a lot of times what I'll do is I'll go without anything until, until late in the afternoon and I'll eat something like then. You know, I might drink fluids or, or you, might, you might go all together. That's completely up to you, but the main thing is turning something off so that you can turn God on. Okay? All right. So, um, you know, I think probably that, 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 that some of us have something on our heart that, that we would that we could we know that God's wanting to carry us to another level. I believe that each one of you probably will want to go to another level in your relationship with God or you wouldn't be here right now. Uh, and and so maybe this is something that if God brought you here, everybody else is taking a nap right now, uh, and, and but God brought you here, maybe you want to think seriously about well maybe I wanna maybe God's calling me to pray and fast to help my unbelief. 
maybe maybe he wants to carry me another level in my in in my faith uh, with him and and I'd like to give you a moment to reflect on that right where you're at this is between you and God anyway and so I just want to give you a moment to reflect on that and then we'll we'll go in another area that we can pray in but let's let's do that let's spend let's don't lose this moment with God talking to our heart. Dear loving Father, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Lord, you've you've brought each one of my brothers and sisters here today. Teach them how to pray. Lord, what do you want to do with them? Do you want to increase their faith in you, Lord? Teach them how to pray and fast. What do you want them to fast from, Lord? Put on their heart what you want them to fast from. Lord, you tell us to pick up the cross and follow you. What do you want us to sacrifice, Lord? It's that self-sacrificing love that you want us to demonstrate to the world. Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray and fast. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, uh, I was visiting with our, the leadership of the conference about this, and, and it's very clear that, uh, that, that overall in the division that, that we have lost our passion for prayer. Uh, and when I say that, I'll use, for example, Wednesday night prayer meetings. Can I say we lost our passion for corporate prayer? Individually, people might be very strong in their prayer life, but I think corporately, it seems as though we've lost our passion for prayer. It's very common to drive by uh, on the way to, our, to a Wednesday night prayer meeting, and you go by some denominations, and they got these huge parking lots full of people. And then we get to our prayer meeting, and it's just a handful of people there. And uh, we're God's remnant church. I believe we are. I know we are. With all my heart, I know we are. And it, when I study the book of Acts, I see that, that, um, that, that those people were passionate about prayer. It was their first work. They prayed first. 
And uh, they were very passionate about prayer, very passionate about prayer. And, um, and you know, they, they met, they came together in prayer. We talked, last time I was able to visit with you, we, were, we discussed Acts chapter 12 and, uh, and, and how, how the Bible painted a picture of, you know, the church was in a bad, bad state. It was not looking good for the church. It definitely wasn't looking good for Peter. You know, Herod had had him in jail. And, and, but we know that the church came together and they prayed together. And, and the Bible painted a picture. When the church came together and prayed together, it kind of gave us a picture of what happens. When the prayers go up, we know that God is able to send an angel down uh, to work in the situation. And, and God worked powerfully. Uh, in the in the early church, and he wants to do the very same thing in our church. So, um, I'd, could we pray that that um, that God could use each one of us to go back to our churches and 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 give God permission to use you to to revive prayer in your church. Uh, so, could could we get? I think to do it a little bit different here. Could we just lift up? Small prayers. And when I say small prayers, uh, they're big anytime we pray to God, but maybe not real long prayers. That way that we can really get as many people from around the conference as possible. Uh, some of you might be even you know, from another conference. That's okay too because you've got the same problem there. Yeah, this, is, this, this, is a, this is something God wants to do throughout the division and throughout the world. So maybe at your church, if you would just say, you know, Lord, I gave you permission to use me to revive prayer in my church any way you want to. And that could be in a lot of different ways. I'm not telling you this A, B, C, D. Let's let the Holy Spirit lead here uh, on how. But let's give God permission to do that. So could we just send up some uh, popcorn prayers is what I call it. Just, Lord, use me in my church. And that way as many people as possible can pray. And when it gets quiet, I'll have a prayer and, and we'll look at the clock and maybe we could. Because there's power when we pray. There, there is power. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. My brand new prescription glasses this week, and I haven't found them since Monday. Uh -huh, I've been to all the places on campus. Judy. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Really? Okay. All right. I think we have to quit at one fifty, don't we? So, um, isn't that what time we supposed to quit? Is it one fifty? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I'll tell you what we'll do. Why don't we do? Why don't we? Why don't we just have some s short prayers, Judy's glasses, and what's your name, sister? Who? Zola. Zola. We can sure lift that up. And you found your praise God. She's found hers already. Okay. So go ahead and let's lift up some quick prayers, and uh, pray for since. You can pray for the meeting, whatever, and then we'll close with our prayers. And everybody can go into their meetings and everything. So who would like to go? Jerry, would you start first, please?
Father, you tell us in Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then you will hear from heaven, you will forgive our sins, and you will heal our land. Dear God, we're here, and we are seeking you. Lord, we know that you're not... Li- that your hands are not limited just because we're smaller in number. Because when we're with you, Lord, we're majority. So we're your Gideon's army. And, Lord, we, we've come here seeking you because we want to grow. We want to grow past where we're at. We want to we wanna be more like you. We want to have more faith in you. We, wanna, we want to be a vessel that you can use to, to, to work mighty with. And, and that hearts will be turned to you to prepare a world for your soon return. So I pray for each one of my brothers and sisters here, Lord. They said yes to you, Lord. I pray that you bless them and that you bless them indeed. I pray that you enlarge them and expand them. I pray, Lord, that you put your hand upon them, Lord, and that you lead them away from evil into a path of righteousness. Use them to revive prayer in their church, that they could be vessels used by you uh, to start a revival, Uh, Lord, because we know a revival of true godliness is our our greatest and most urgent need, and this would not happen without prayer. Bless my brothers and sisters, please, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you all very much for coming. God bless you. We have uh, Kelly Mauer will be here at 4 o'clock talking more about prayer.